Oh, good afternoon, everyone. This is Toronto Today, right here on TSN 1050. I am your host, Matthew Cause. It is August, which gets a little depressing because I go, no, we got one month left of summer. And by the way, don't give me this. Well, actually, summer ends on September 21st. You ever go walking around on September 17th and go, hey, everyone, summer's here. But it is the 1st of August, which is a reminder, wow, the month of July was fantastic. There was an article yesterday in the Toronto Star, and it just sort of was a mini timeline of the last 30 days. July, traditionally a slow month, uh, especially in Toronto, where usually, you know, because it starts with free agency in the NHL, but, you know, as we know, there's you not really any really big deals. Well, that was different this year. July 2nd, John Tavares, seven-year deal, $77 million. That changed the entire Toronto Maple Leafs organization. It changed the trajectory of this team and our expectations. The Leafs can win the Stanley Cup next year, period, in a statement. Uh, the injection of talent uh, that's going to have some pressure on the organization to get Marner, Matthews, and Nylander signed to long-term deals. Because you add Tavares, whoop, everyone is going to do better next year statistically. So that's how the month started. Then we had a couple weeks, you know, little stories here, little stories there. But then, uh-oh, middle of July, it's the All-Star game. <sighs> no, I go on there. You get the home run derby. I mean, hey, it was nice. You know, Bryce Harper. Uh, with the bandana, freaking out, having a great old time. Then Kawhi Leonard somehow was traded to the Raptors for DeMar DeRozan. Well, that is days and days of content, and that's also one of the most significant moments in Toronto sports history. So then you have that, and we had to say goodbye to one of the most, if not the most beloved Toronto Raptor ever, in DeMar DeRozan. Now we go to the opposite of someone being traded who is beloved. What happened on July 30th? Roberto Suna traded to the Houston Astros. And I, by the way, I promise today we're not going to do the Osuna show. We did that yesterday. Today is not the morality show. Unless something breaks, it's not going to be much about Osuna. That happened on July 30th. And that was another huge story. It involves the law, morality, domestic abuse, um, the relationship that teams have with players. How much is it up to professional sports leagues to try to govern domestic abuse? I mean, you could do, again, you could do a whole show just on that, not even about Osuna. And that is how the month ended. Wow. July was a crazy month if you're a Toronto sports fan. And July, I mean, think about what it did. I mean, think about... What July is going to mean for you, the sports fan, for this upcoming year? I mean, between now and the start of Leafs training camp, every day you're looking at the roster. <gasps> Who's going to be with who? Wait a minute, Hyman is no longer on the first. The first line is now Matthews and Marlowe and Nylander? Wait a minute, so the, Mar- oh, wait, wait, Marner and Tavares on the second line? And Nylander? And, and just you go on and on and on and on and on. And... That can satiate you as a sports fan. And then Kawhi Leonard, wait a minute, what if he's healthy? The Raptors could go to the finals. The Raptors actually have that player that can win you playoff games, even playoff series, because for the first time, 
Oh, I don't even. I couldn't even tell you which playoff series. When was the last time there was a playoff series where the Raptors had the best player? I can really only think of one time when they made their run a couple years ago to the Eastern Conference Finals, and they faced the Miami Heat. You could say that DeRozan or Lowry was better than Dwayne Wade, who had some great moments in that playoff run for the Miami. But you could say that one. None against Cleveland. Not against Washington. Not even Indiana. Because Paul George was on that team. Better player than either Kyle Lowry or DeMar DeRozan. So you had that. And now Osuna is gone. So that was July 30th. So this was a hell of a month. And then how does August start? Well, I look at the Toronto Sun, and there on the cover, Vladdy begins. Blue Jays star prospect walks three times in AAA debut in Buffalo. And I recommend everyone go grab the Toronto Sun. Go read Steve Buffery's column. Beezer is a definite treasure for the city of Toronto. A great writer, a good friend, and does a great job covering uh, the Blue Jays, does a lot of stuff with boxing, the Olympics, horse racing. Um, so, yeah, Bees uh, has the article today. And what Vlad represents is something we haven't had in this city in ages, and that is buzz. How much buzz has there been for the Blue Jays all year? How did the season get started? Oh, it's the same group as last year. And Troy Tulowitzki has 17 different bone spurs. Each bone spur worse than the last. And then there's oh, Donaldson, not fully healthy. Oh, Aaron Sanchez, not fully healthy. Stroman up and down. Blue Jays, no buzz. I mean, the only buzz we've had is Lourdes Gurel Jr. I think I got the full first and last name right there. And the 11-game multi-hit streak that he had. Of course, then after he set the record, the Jays' record with 11 games, beating out Tony Fernandez. Oh, he's hurt. He's now out two to six weeks. So any chance for buzz there, bye-bye. The best buzz the Blue Jays have had all year before last night was one of the final preseason game or exhibition games, excuse me, when a walk-off home run in Montreal by... Vlad Guerrero Jr. So, Vlad plays last night, triple-A debut, goes 0-for-1, three walks, and a sack fly. Now, the Bisons lose 11-8 to the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. And I just for a quick second here, I love all these names. I love the names of these teams. I love, you know, some of the players the Jays got back and the trades for Aaron Loop, who went to the Phillies, John Axford, who went to the Dodgers. Um, you listen to the names. Oh, they got back a guy who played for the, the Reading Fighting Phils. Again, the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. Minor League Baseball is where it's at for names. I believe there's some baseball team in Macon, um, in uh, Georgia. Or it's in Georgia or Alabama, and it was the Macon Whoopie. Now that is a team name we can all get behind. As for Vlad, almost 9,500 people went to see the Bisons on a Tuesday night. That is around double their weekday average. Why? Because you want to see this talent, this hopeful future star. 
buzz, excitement. We don't have that with the Blue Jays. At the beginning of the year, the excitement was, well, if if everyone stays healthy, if everyone performs at what's expected or slightly above, if everything goes right, then the Jays could compete for the second wild card. Let me, uh, again, let me just translate that. If everything works out perfectly, the Jays have a chance at 85 wins. That was the ceiling. That is a pretty dismal ceiling because things don't always go right. And I sort of listed. Everyone is either hurt, underperforming, and I think Russell Martin, who doesn't get very much attention, is still hitting below the Mendoza line, and he's getting paid around $20 million. So that's what was great about seeing Vlad. That's great about the front page of the Toronto Sun. It gives you... The sports fans, something to be excited about. I mean, that's what July was. July was excitement generation. Here comes Tavares. Here comes Kawhi. Exciting, different, unique. The ceiling now higher for the Raptors and for the Maple Leafs. Now, maybe what was most impressive and also a bit of a weasel move by the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs starter, and I just want to say the full name over and over and over again, Ranger Suarez didn't wasn't throwing strikes at Guerrero. And that's, you know, in a lot of ways, that's the tip of the cap. Now, that's a cowardly move there by you, Suarez. You know, don't you want to challenge? Don't you want to challenge the number one prospect in baseball? But instead, nope, three walks to start the game. That's all you can ask for, for Vlad Guerrero Jr. You can't do much if the ball is not being thrown anywhere near the strike zone. Just ask Barry Bonds. And no, I'm not comparing Vlad Guerrero Jr. to the greatest hitter I've ever seen in Barry Bonds. So where does this go to? And by the way, ooh, should mention, coming up at 11.20, Jesse Goldberg Strassler. Did I get the nail? Oh, I got the, I got the thumbs up. Producer Narsa, jump on, jump on the mic. I, I did well there with uh, uh, who is the Lansing Lugnuts play-by-play voice. And the reason why we're having Jesse on is he covered, he watched every game of Vladdy in 2017 when he started to make a name for himself within the Blue Jays organization. Producer Joe, how did I do on the name? You did very well. Paced yourself. Made sure to pronounce every correct consonant and vowel. <laughs> well done. Thank you. Thank you very much. At some point we'll get you to read your stupid tweet about your assessment of what you think Jaws is about. On Monday, we found our producer Joe had never seen Die Hard, and he said, isn't that the movie about the guy in the vents? He's got an equally ignorant take on what Jaws is about. And again, you haven't seen Jaws. You know Jaws is a perfect movie, right? Like, literally, there's not one thing you would change with Jaws. It's a perfect movie. My first interaction with that movie was actually at Universal Studios. They had a ride for it. And my explanation is the culmination of the 13 seconds it took for me to drive past that part of the ride. So that's where I get my explanation of the great movie Jaws 
that I've never seen. I immediately regret this, the mistake of bringing you on. Um, we're going to get into the conversation a little bit later on about the issue of service time with Vlad Guerrero Jr. But I promise you, I am not going to bore you with all the mechanics involved. Where, well, if he plays this amount of games, then, then the Jays have him, uh, they get an extra year before he's eligible for free agency. But if he does well and they keep him up, then he gets to be a free agent in 2024, then 25. I'm not going to get any of that. I'm just going to send a real quick message to Blue Jays management. If Vlad Guerrero Jr. plays well, and if, you, and if you call him up in September, and you better, and if he does well, you keep him up. Bleep free agency time. Oh, 24 versus 2025. You know who worries about that? Cheap teams. Small market teams. Don't be that team. Break out from who you are. Shapiro, I'm, I'm talking to you. Get your little inner Cleveland in you and beat it. Don't be the guy at the restaurant... You know when you're out with a, a large group of men and women and one guy's got to leave early and they spend about $55? So they leave maybe a $60 tip on their way out and you hate that guy because you know, you know, it's like, that's not what you owe. You owe 67 six, Just give me 70 Give me 7 Nope, nope. Going to cheap out and going to run out. Don't be that guy. Don't be the person who drives out of their way to save slight money on gas because it's cheaper somewhere else. Because really, you're wasting your time and your own gas to get there, and it really doesn't help you. So to the Toronto Blue Jays, don't be cheap team. Remember when Mitch Marner first came up? Lou Lamarillo said, day one, we don't think of this guy as small. We think of this guy as a star. He played every game. Now, if he's bad, send him down. Roy Halladay was demoted early in his career in 2001. He was demoted to Dunedin. But if he does, well, I don't, I don't want to hear the conversation of, well, the Jays are fearing that what if Vlad comes up and rips it up? Then what? Well, then you celebrate, and you throw him out there every day, and you don't worry about free agency until you need to. In terms of our non-sports topic, there is a fun one. We'll play one piece of sound, and it'll be about backpacks. What am I talking about? Seth Rogen is going to be, is voicing a bunch of PSAs for the TTC. Here is one of those messages you'll soon be hearing, especially on the subway. I, I don't think you're going to get them, you know, buses and streetcars, especially buses don't have those PSA sort of announcements, but here it is. Hello, TTC users. Seth Rogen here. Backpacks are super efficient. I get it. They carry all your stuff. They hang on your back. They're fantastic. But when you wear your backpack, instead of taking it off, it very much annoys everyone around you on the subway. Don't be a backpack hunchback. That's not a thing, but it is now. Anyway, don't do it. Thank you so much. Go to at MCOS56. I tweeted this out earlier. This is <laughs> <laughs> Here's the question for Toronto today. With Seth Rogen, now the official voice of the TTC, we want to know, what messages would you like to hear from Seth? And what are the worst things you've seen people do on buses, streetcars, and on the subway? And we've been getting a ton of response. Please tweet in your stories of just horrible things you have seen, heard, smelled, whatever it may be. And uh, we'll read out all the best ones. So, again, you can go to my Twitter account, at MCause56, or you can tweet us at TSN1050Radio as well. But coming up next, a guy who has been covering baseball and been with the Lansing Lugnuts since 2009, and a guy that watched 
Every at-bat for Vlad Guerrero Jr. back in 2017, his first year up with the Jays at that level, uh, at that point, played 71 games, hit well over 300. It is the play-by-play voice, Jesse Goldberg Strassler. Join us next to talk about the development and the journey of Vlad Guerrero Jr. That's coming up right here on TSN 1050. You're listening to Toronto Today. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. This is Toronto Today on TSN 1050. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. Yeah, some other notes. Sort of briefly touched on it yesterday at the MLB trade deadline. Aaron Loop traded to the Phillies for players you've never heard of and never hear from again. And John Axford traded to the Dodgers for a right-hander that you've never heard of and you'll never hear from again. In terms of the MLB trade deadline, Bryce Harper not going anywhere. Chris Archer is now pitching for the Pittsburgh Pirates. I think that's a great move for Pittsburgh. I know Archer isn't the guy he was in 2014, but he is a solid to very good number two or number three guy. And for a team like Pittsburgh, that is a great contract. And Kevin Gossman goes from the Baltimore Orioles to the Atlanta Braves. Going back to something much more important, the Toronto Blue Jays. Wait No, not the Toronto Blue Jays. More important than the Toronto Blue Jays, and I mean this. The Buffalo Bisons are more important than the Toronto Blue Jays. The Lansing Lugnuts and what they've done are more important right now than the Toronto Blue Jays. And joining us, he is an author, he is the play-by-play individual for the Lansing Lugnuts, and he covered... Vlad Guerrero Jr. back in 2017, where Vlad, 71 games, hit about 316. It is Jesse Goldberg, Strassler. Jesse, thanks so much for joining the show today. Hey, thank you very much for having me. Vlad deked me several times last year. He has a habit of faking catching pop-ups while somebody else is catching the real one. Wait, wait, say that again? So, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., when there's a pop-up going anywhere else in the infield, specifically towards short, he'll get underneath an imaginary pop-up at third base and catch that one, too. Why does he, okay, I did not expect this interview to start here, but now we're going to go here. Um, Why would he do this? The man is pure joy. Whatever he can do to mess with anybody else on the field, he will. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's much more joyful than when A. Rod was rounding third and yelled "ha" to uh, to to confuse the Blue Jays. This is certainly a much more joyful version of that. Oh, no. He messes with his teammates. The other team he has good fun with, he treats them with great respect, with a tap for the catcher, a tap for the umpire, a tip for the cap. But his own guys, no, he has fun with them. All right, well, let's go into a little more detail here, because I was going back and reading an interview uh, that you did, and this was in May in 2017, and you were asked about, about Vlad, and you said he's lovable, an 18-year-old with a bona fide, who's a bona fide celebrity, autographs, uh, you know, he does that, well-liked teammate, loves playing baseball, and is aspiring to reach the highest level, wanting to be just as good or better than his father. That'd be remarkable. What was Vlad Guerrero Jr.? You sort of, you, you sort of hinted at it. What was Vlad like back in May of 2017? Well, one thing that I resist when people call him this, people say, oh, he's an adult in an 18-year-old's body, now 19. No, no, no 18-year-olds are not a- an adult. I know what I was like at, at, at 18. <laughs> I was barely functionable. And he still is. He's a 19-year-old. He's a big kid rolling around doing whatever he feels like it. When he runs around the bases, he's like a horse somebody let out of the barn. It's just he's the Terminator at home plate. It's, yeah, you know, it's remarkable to just, because 
Because Vlad has sort of been in our conversation since a lot of last year, and part of it's because just Guerrero, his performance that you saw was so good, and because the Jays have become so irrelevant, he's become such a part of the sports conversation here in Toronto, we sort of forget the fact that he is still a couple years away from being able to legally purchase a beer in Buffalo. Well, it strikes me as a bit of the LeBron James conversation where when he came up as a high schooler, he was greeted with so much hype that you thought, okay, there's no way he measures up. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has been hyped since he was 13 or 14. Yeah. When he was signed as an international free agent, he was the number one free agent on the market, and the Jays had to trade a couple of guys to the Dodgers to get enough money to even sign him. So the fact that he's not only been able to measure up to that, I see a number of prospect analysts who say, I thought he was great. Turns out I underrated him. That's what I saw was a player who continually adjusted, improved, developed, and destroyed the pitching he faced. Well, let's get into that a little bit. Again, Jesse Goldberg-Strassler, who's the play-by-play guy for the Lansing Lugnuts. Um, what did he look like at the? What did he look like at the plate when you saw him in 2017? And then the follow-up afterwards is going to be how different does he look now versus when you first saw him back uh, a couple of years ago. Well, I can actually go back to 2016 because they stationed Vlad with us at the end of his Bluefield Blue Jays season. Not on the official roster. They just wanted him to take at-bats with us. So he was in the batting cage. He was taking BP. And he had big braces, a big head of hair, and a big smile. And his English was not good. His English now is a lot better, although he doesn't like to let it on. He understands. Still not comfortable as much talking. But in general, he was just up there taking wild swings. And then the next year when he came back in, he was a little bit trimmer. He was a better defender. And at the plate, he continued to recognize exactly what pitchers were doing to him. So in the first at-bat, you could get him out with a slider low and away. And his second time up, he had taken that away from you. It was an at-bat he had against a big prospect for the Rays system out in Bowling Green where the pitcher got him strike one, strike two, identical pitches low and away. He took ball one a little bit lower, a little bit farther outside. And then on the one-two, the pitcher tried to go back to it. And he hit it off the video board above the right field wall. And what do you see from him now? What I see from him now is a, a player who continues to develop, who continues to progress. What the Blue Jays have done with the way that they've brought him up, and I know that there's been frustration that it's been slower perhaps than a lot of folks would like. But in Dunedin last year, he struggled when he first arrived, and then he adjusted to the way that they were pitching him. And then he took his lumps in Winterball in the Dominican League. If you look at his numbers, they're not as great, but that, again, is him taking on older pitching. That when he was ready for double-A, double-A was easier than Winterball, that he continues to evolve as a batter. And the great thing when you hear about that, if you, when you read between the lines, is often when we see greatness, we just assume talent, and we forget the work involved. And just listening to you talk about it, if you, if when a player adjusts, there's a lot of mental work that goes into that. There's a lot of study and going for you know, playing a lot of winter ball and then playing double A. Uh, it, it reminds me a little bit of Demar Derozan, who was a self-made star who had to work really hard to get to the level where he's at. Well, it's all about the level that the player is aspiring to for tomorrow, for Vladdy. And I think back to my quote that you just read, that came from me asking him, how good do you want to be? Mm-hmm. And he told me, better than my dad. And he said that in no uncertain terms. He knew exactly how good his father was, and he wants to be exactly as good or better of a hitter than his father. Lansing Lugnuts, play-by-play man, Jesse Goldberg-Strasser, join us here on, on uh, TSN 1050. Is Vlad Guerrero Jr., is he ready for the majors? I think that there are going to be certain aspects that he is not, but the bat is ready right now. 
people are concerned about, uh, and I shouldn't know. I'm gonna let me rephrase. It's not people are concerned, but it's when it's part of the conversation. And I always hate getting into someone's physicality, especially a 19 year old. Uh, but there are people that are worried that you know that he is not your slim, trim sort of player. Is that a overrated concern? Uh, he needs to continue to stay in shape. You don't want it to get worse. That's something that he's been improving on, especially because he's so young that it can improve his mobility. He's not slow. He could get faster if he got trimmer. He could become a better range defender if he got trimmer. So, no, I think that's something that needs to be watched, but I don't think it should be a huge concern right now. What about Bo Bichette in terms of the ceiling uh, ceiling for him and just what kind of impact could he have with the Blue Jays in the next uh, one to three years? I would like for Bo to be removed from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. comparisons because yep. not only are they two different guys, Vladdy clearly is something else. Bo is a special player in his own right, and he's doing exactly as we'd expect a 20-year-old who's good to be doing up in Double A. Double A is tough, and so he was challenged up in April and May. His average sunk down as pitchers started to adjust. Then he got a little bit tired. Now he's gotten his second wind, and now he's straightened things out, and I'd say batting 270, he's shown off speed, he's shown off pop, and he's shown off great defense. I think he's progressing exactly as the Jays would want, and he projects to be a major league regular and probably an all-star regular a couple of years down the road. Hey, Jesse, before we let you go, do you have a favorite team name? Because you, of course, are part of the Lansing Lugnuts, and... You know, recent trades for the Blue Jays have brought in guys from the Reading Fighting Pigs, the Lehigh Valley Iron Pig, or Fighting Phils, excuse me, the Reading Fighting Phils, the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. Do you have a favorite team name out there? I, I think the Everett Aqua Sox playing on Red Sox, White Sox, I've always enjoyed, especially since they're near the water. The, the worst Aquasox. is the Quad Cities River Bandits, which is a name that you cannot get out in a hurry. The Quad River, wait, say that again? The Quad Cities, which, by the way, is a group of five cities, not four. Quad <laughs> Cities River Bandits. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. And um, help me out with this, because I'm not good at math. Quad means four, right? <laughs> quad does mean four. Okay, and it's for a five cities uh, borough that uh, represents that team. Exactly. Uh, okay, I guess so they can't change it to the quid cities, I guess. Uh, Jesse, really appreciate uh, you joining us on the show and giving uh, perspective because, and I bet you've been talking a lot more, uh, a lot more of it in the last year because the biggest story for Toronto for baseball in this area is Vlad Guerrero Jr. Well, you think about a movie critic and how much they delight in a good movie coming out. Yeah. Baseball people should delight in a great baseball player coming up. So right now, though, he represents it when you see that really cool preview. And you're like, oh, I can't wait for that to come out. He's the future of baseball coming next summer. Over on, How many games does he play in September for Toronto? For the main, oh, you for know the... what? If they wanted to give him a week, two weeks, that would be enjoyable. But right now, let's see how he plays in AAA after more than one day. He's going to have to adjust to AAA, too. How dare you end the interview with a reasonable answer versus <laughs> he needs to be brought up right now and he should be hitting leadoff and get five at-bats per game and maybe two innings of bullpen work as well. Wait till next May and June. Wait. That's not our job. Hey, Jesse, really appreciate it, <laughs> man. That's great. Thanks so much, sir. Thank you. That is Jesse Goldberg-Strassler, the play-by-play voice for the Lansing Lugnuts. And, yeah, when we were ending the show yesterday, that was what's going to be the big story on Wednesday, August 1st. And I think clearly it is. It's it's Vlad Guerrero Jr. because 
there wasn't much done in terms of big moves for Major League Baseball. The trade deadline was kind of what we expected it to be. I mean, I think really the biggest story, and producer Joe, I'll get your thoughts. How excited do you think this market is for a Montreal Alouettes, Hamilton Ticats, Friday of the long weekend CFL game? How how exciting do you think this, this market is for that? You know, it, it does. Oh, he's on the phone. Oh, I couldn't see. Oh, I'm so sorry. He's on the phone. He's still on the phone right now. The problem is for people listening is when I look into the glass, it's very dark in uh, where the technical producer Steve Iliopoulos is and the producer Joe Narsa. So it's sort of hard to see in there. So I just assumed Joe was doing some sort of passive-aggressive attack on me where he's like, nope, I'm not going to answer the question where the question is how excited should someone be? And he gives no answer at all because... Johnny Manziel will be getting his first start Friday night against Hamilton, the team that traded him. And I'm super excited for it, but, you know, I'm an Argo fan. I've been a CFL fan my whole life. Um, I write for a CFL.ca. I wrote a column about the Calgary Stampeders defense. And then when it was released, two hours later, Johnny Menzel, news has come out, is starting for the Alouettes. My story buried. No one's going to care about, hey, do you want to read about how Calgary is forcing teams to punt? No, they just want to read about Johnny Menzel. So when I was going to bed last night, I'm thinking, what is the top story? Number one, Vlad Guerrero Jr., first start of the Bisons. And second for me was the fact that Johnny Menzel gets his first start for the Alouettes, a game uh, that's on Friday, and I know the Argonauts play at home Thursday against the Auto Red Blacks, but everyone just wants to see the hype. And if Johnny Manziel does well, that is going to look bad for the Argonauts. And it's not their fault. I said before, I really like the, the, the bringing in of James Franklin. A uh, guy who did great stuff in Edmonton whenever he got an opportunity to play. Um, you know, a smart guy, a very coachable you know, player, someone who wants to get better. And so far it hasn't worked out. So Franklin's getting benched for some dude with three names. And if Johnny Manziel does well on Friday, there's going to be a lot of questions going on among Argonaut management. And even though that will be second-guessing. Uh, coming up on the other side, Sound Wars... We are going to be doing the next round of it, and we've got, oh yeah, we got some good sound, and we'll have some fun with that. Plus, we'll get into Seth Rogen being the voice for the TTC, and you guys have been sending in so many great, and by great I mean bad stories of the worst things you've seen on the TTC. They're being on a bus, on a streetcar, on the subway. We will get into that as well, and a reminder, in the 12 o'clock hour, Haley Wickenheiser, four-time gold medalist, is going to be joining us at around 1220. That's all coming up right here on TSN 1050. You're listening to Toronto Today. I realized I didn't give the score for last night's Toronto Blue Jays game. Uh, The Jays lose 6-2 to the Oakland Athletics. Um, Yeah, there you go. I'm, I'm imagining a lot of people are probably not up late to watch that game. Um, it you know, after ten o'clock start, 
Oakland goes up 5-1 after three innings. So if you were awake, I'm sure most of you went to bed soon after that. The bigger story, of course, Vlad Guerrero Jr., three straight walks, gets a sack fly in his debut with the Buffalo Bisons. Uh, Coca-Cola Field opened three hours earlier so everyone could come and watch him at batting practice. It was the biggest story. It was the lead on the Toronto Sun cover. I imagine it was for the others. This is Toronto Today right here on TSN 1050. I am your host, Matthew Cause. The uh, big non-sports story is Seth Rogen. This is for people in the Toronto area. Seth Rogen, has, and he did it for free, lent his voice to a series of PSAs that are now being played in the TTC, and specifically, of course, in TTC subway stations. We'll have, uh, let's have a listen. We played you the backpack one, so there's also one about cell phones, and this one, very important. Hey, TTC riders. Seth Rogan, fellow Canadian and public transit user here. I'm sure the conversation you're having on your cell phone is super-duper important, but not to me, or that very polite person quietly texting over there who can also hear your conversation. Be that person, not the person you're being. Thank you. Absolutely. (laughs) I love the laugh at the end. Like That is is on brand. I mean, that's as much on brand if I drop some reference to a wine from Burgundy. Was that stoned laugh by Seth Rogen at the end. But Seth is right. Who are you people? Who are the people out there that are talking on their cell phone, on even on a bus? Like I remember a couple of times being on a bus or streetcar, my phone rings, and I whisper, I'll call you back. But just having the loud conversation, the level of lack of self-awareness and self-entitlement is astounding. I I just, I don't know these people that, that possess that or lack that. I mean, how do you go through life without having any self-awareness that what you're doing is bugging everyone else around you? And I know that might seem hypocritical coming from me because my job is to talk in a mic to all of you people. But when I'm not on air, my goal is to never be noticed. I don't wear loud clothing. I don't have huge logos on anything that I'm wearing. On the subway, I don't take out much space. Um, I'm not, as one person tweeted in, I'll read your tweets in a little bit, I'm not man-spreading. I'm quiet. I don't want to be noticed. When I run outside, if I have to spit... I do it into a bush when there's no one around. I don't even want anyone to see me spit. I think that's disgusting. It really needs to be your goal in life. Don't be noticed. Whether you're walking on the street, you're riding your bike, you're in a car, don't be noticed. But the loud cell phone talker, oh my God. Um, Yeah, so I threw at the question, and you can get me at MCOS56. What are some of the worst things you've seen on subways, buses, TTC, um, uh, uh, streetcars, whatever it is? And this is all in honor of Seth Rogen lending his voice for TTC PSAs. We'll get to that. But, of course, we're doing it all this week. It is time now for Sound Wars. The greatest moments in history are now up to you. This is TSN 1050's Sound Wars. Oh, Alex Ovechkin, I miss you. By the way, speaking of sound wars, we've got a little bit of a sound war that we're going to play for you. Johnny Manziel versus Austin Matthews. 
because we were hearing a clip from Johnny Manziel, and he sounds a little bit like Austin Matthews. So we'll see if you can figure out. And this is the huge other radio promo that is sweeping the nation. Matthews versus Manziel. It's called a ratings winner, people. It wins awards. But time now for... Sound Wars, and as you know, you go to TSN 1050, you click on Sound Wars, and you vote for your favorite today conference championship. Sound Wars in the battle, it's the Oh My Goodness Conference. First up, oh, it's a Duke, a Kentucky, or a Kansas. This is a number one seed. JV's threes. Valentinus catches in JV's threes. It is that time of year, Jack. It's April. You got to Man. <laughs> nice job, Matt Devlin. Never thought I'd hear something that excited about the uh, giant Lithuanian shooting threes. But the competition, oh, we've heard this one before. It's the number seven seed, one versus seven. Will the Cinderella go home? Find out. It's Marley's win, the Calder Cup. Ben Smith across the line, takes the eight, 15 into the city, taking care. That's a tough one. I'm kind of leaning to... I'll give my feelings a little bit. I don't want to sway you. Because you know I have that much... You know, I have that much uh, pull that I can affect you how you vote. Go to tsn1050.ca, click on Sam Wars, and vote for your favorite. Either JV's Threes or Marley's Win the Calder Cup. Now, voting for this Sam War closes tomorrow... Oh, closes tomorrow at 8 a.m. Then listen to Landsberg in the morning for the Oh My Goodness Conference Champion and the start of a new Elite Eight Sound Wars battle on TSN 1050. How are we doing, by the way, on the Matthews versus Marner? Okay, producer Steve is giving me the thumbs up. Producer Joe, if you could uh, hop on the mic for a quick second. Yes, sir. So, what we're, are we going to... Like, let me ask you, when I hear it, are they talking about power plays or avoiding the blitz? Like, what, what do I Generic, need to know? Generic. So, Menzel will be talking about just becoming a starter. Yep. Matthews will be talking about kind of the depth that the Maple Leaf center units have. Okay. Both are just completely throwing out like star player dribble where it's like yeah you know like 100% uh you know and they both sound the same okay okay let's let's uh let's ha- don't say, just play one and then play the other so uh sound number 1 uh, it's good to be back in here. I felt like the thing I've been missing, you know, even over the course of this year and, and the, the couple years is um reps. Okay, that's the first one. By the way, <laughs> I okay, play if that's Matthews because that could be, um, that could be him just you know showing up for training camp, and the only reason I would say it's not Matthews, and I can't believe I know this know this, but we play so much Austin Matthews sound, I call him the long distance swimmer because he does a lot of deep breaths. Like he'll be like, <gasps> and then he'll start talking about Austin, he'll start talking about Mike Babcock and what Babcock's meant to the team, <gasps> and that he feels that Mitch Marner is really developing as a player. <gasps> and that I actually th- kept that in. 
That's actually funny that you noticed that because I I could have cut out some of his breathing, but I was like, no, it's kind of his like the way he talks. So I was like, I'm gonna keep it in his speech pattern. Okay, let's hear the other clip. He obviously makes our team a whole lot better. So you get a guy like that, and then um, you know you got Nas, uh, a guy that scored 30 goals last year. I didn't hear, when it, wait. Play like, I didn't hear the uh, I didn't hear the the deep intake of breath, but that's he obviously makes our team a whole lot better. So you get a guy like that, and then um, oh, you, know, you got Nas, yeah. uh, a guy that scored thirty goals last year. Okay, so that you're right though. Like getting off the whole breathing, swimming thing. I, I'm just you know let's focus this, and by this is about me focusing it. They do. You're right. They sound so similar. Okay. Play, play the play them both back to back. Like play the first one, and then uh, producer Steve play the second one as quick as you can after the first one. And here's a comparison: Manzel versus Matthews. Oh, it's good to be back in here. I felt like the thing I've been missing, you know, even over the course of this year and, and the, the couple years, is um, reps. He obviously makes our team a whole lot better. So you get a guy like that, and then um, <laughs> you, know, you got Nas, uh, a guy that scored 30 goals last year. And that could be Johnny Manziel talking about the Fast and Furious movies where they always have to hit the Nas, you know, to get going at full speed. We don't know. Now, I expect, Joe, you won't get that. That's a, that's a movie reference. No, see, I've seen all of the Fast and Furious movies. He just threw a pen at me. <laughs> I'm sorry for that. Yeah, you haven't seen Die Hard. You haven't seen Jaws. Oh, no, I've seen all. Have you seen Tokyo Drift? Did you see the second Tokyo one? Tokyo Drift is actually one of the better movies. People just don't respect it because so the main characters are not in it. I, but Tokyo Drift was a good flick. I so, again, regret going to you on the mic. I don't know why. It, it, like You're my disappointment machine. That's what you are over there, producer Joe Narks. And listen... You, 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 you know, good job on the show. Haley Wickenheiser is going to be joining us in about half an hour. Uh, I thought Jesse Goldberg Strasser was good. Um, actually, he gives very short answers. Yes, Poor he Brock- does. He's very concise. Is Vladdy good? Yes. Broadcasters usually they talk for a while. He was the opposite. But you know, good guests. But you are my disappointment machine when we start talking about movies. I, you're too positive. I got to bring you down on some level and even happen. it out. But doesn't Manziel sound like Matthews after if he went like yeah. two years of just smoking yes. non-filtered cigarettes? Yeah, if, if, if that's hundred percent true. If Austin Matthews picked up smoking, um, he would sound like Johnny Manziel. A hundred percent. That is a good catch, a good catch by you guys. It'd be, it'd be fun if you could find clips, but it, it's really hard. I'm not expecting it. Where. You couldn't tell. Like the Menzel one, there's no football reference there. Uh, the Matthews one, Nas, and things like that, and all the goofy hockey nicknames. But you're right. They do sound very similar. And again, a reminder, um, even for people that aren't the biggest CFL fans, first off, I recommend see the Thursday night game. See the Argonauts uh, game you can listen to on TSN 1050 against the Auto Red Blacks. But Friday, Johnny Manziel. No one has seen him in actual regular season action for a couple years now, since he got a couple starts with the Cleveland Browns. I, I just I want to see what does that look like? What is that actually when he's going up against at full speed? How's his mobility? Is he faster than the linebackers? Is he fa- like is he faster than the safeties? What's his accuracy like? Just you know ball strength. There are so many issues there. If he looks great, when you compare that to what's going on with the Argonauts who have benched James Franklin, how bad does that make look Toronto? 
If he looks bad, that's you know a shame for the entire league. That is a big story. The biggest one today, obviously, Vlad Guerrero Jr. And the respect he got from that cowardly pitcher for the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs, Ranger Suarez, who wouldn't even throw him strikes. In fact, um, Guerrero, three walks to start the game, went 0 for 1 tech- officially, um, and also had a sack fly. The Bisons lose 11 8. No one really cares about the score. They just care about they wanted to see Vlad Guerrero Jr. out there because he represents positive buzz. All the buzz for the Blue Jays has been negative. Uh, the horrible, everything horrible and disgusting with Roberto Osuna and all the allegations there, all those stories. Uh, Marcus Stroman, you know, sometimes throwing the victim card out there, being angry at the media. Sometimes justifiably, a lot of times not. Um, who's on the DL? Who's hurt? No one's seen Troy Tulowitzki. Will Josh Donaldson get in that bat? You know, I mean, that's kind of, there hasn't been a lot of stories. Now, Steve Phillips was on the morning show today because yesterday there was some deals done. I mean, the trade deadline is now over. And Aaron Loop, gone. John Axford, gone. Uh, Roberto Suna, gone the day before. And here is Steve Phillips from the morning show yesterday, or today, sorry, with Landsberg, talking about the return that the Jays have got. I think the Roberto Suna deal was a huge save, you know, in closer's terms. You know, they had Osuna and effectively were in a position where they had to cut their losses. You know, the, the ownership, I it seemed to make it clear that he wasn't going to pitch another game for the Jays. To find a taker and then to effectively directly replace Osuna, sure, Ken Giles has some, some blemishes to him, right? He's a, an emotional, he has emotional outbursts that, that you don't really want out of a closer. This guy has a 100-mile-per-hour fastball. A devastating breaking ball. He has saved games. He has done it in the postseason. And to directly replace Osuna and then to get two more prospects in return uh, is so significant to me considering the circumstances. Yeah, and we know what those circumstances are. Teams avoiding um, Osuna, the Houston Astros getting destroyed on all ends. And again, for Houston, keep your head low. Weather the storm and see what happens. Remember, the court case is going on today. We will, at the very least, in the next couple days, we should have more information which will crystallize this conversation. But I promise today was going to basically be Osuna free. So coming up next, I'm going to read some of the best answers that have been coming in to this question in honor of Seth Rogen doing the PSA for the TTC, reading these messages, telling people, be careful with your backpack, be careful, or don't talk on your cell phone too loud. I threw out a question, and you can send in your responses at MCOS56. Simple thing that, that I want to know. What are the worst tales you have seen, the worst stories, the worst moments of people behaving badly on Streetcars, buses, on the subway. Or also, if you want to tweet in, what message would you like Seth Rogen to say? Is there a message out there you would want him to say? We will get into that, plus why the Toronto Blue Jays don't be the guy that leaves $60 on a $55 bill when you're at dinner with a whole bunch of people and you got to leave early. Don't be that guy. 
And I'll explain what that means next. You're listening to TSN 1050. You're listening to Toronto Today.